Alrighty, glad to be here. Hope you are too. Okay, so I'm going to try to finish up this lesson on maturity this morning. But who can tell me what we defined as maturity last week? Can anybody tell me that was here? Do you remember what it means to be mature? Joey? Okay, make right decisions. Um, someone who can reason in an appropriate way in a given situation, um, who makes right decisions, someone who's responsible for their actions. You know, that's what we talked about last week as being mature. Um, and I want to quickly just review before we finish this up. One of the things I want to say is, um, and I said this when we were on the trip, but being mature does not mean that you are boring or lame or can't have fun. It, it, being mature means you know how to get along with people that are different than you. And a lot of times that's hard to do. It's, it's easy to get along with. We hang out with people that are like us. You know, it, we have our groups of friends. But being mature means being able to be friends with and get along with people that aren't like you, that aren't your age and may not be where you're at spiritually and you know, intellectually. Uh, being mature, one of the things I really want you guys to get being mature means that you can listen to instructions and follow them whether you like or agree with them or not. And lastly, being mature is Christ-like. All these characteristics we're going through are characteristics of our Savior. I want you guys to be able to see that this morning. Uh, before we get started, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Um, God, thank you for giving us your word and for all these people that came to hear it taught whether they wanted to or were made to. But God, I pray that your spirit would work in each one of our hearts. God, help us to focus and stay awake. Um, Lord, and help us to be better when we leave this place. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so last week we talked about receiving instruction, listening. Um, that's crucial to being a mature person, to being a Christian. You've got to be able to let people tell you what to do. Whether you're a Christian or not, that's what's going to happen your whole life. Somebody's going to boss you around, whether it's your, your boss at work or your wife or something. Just joking. Anyway, anyway but it's true, though. <laughs> but somebody's going to always do that. When you guys want to move out and go have your own place and you get a landlord, you're going to have to pay the rent at a certain time every month. On this. You just, there's always going to be someone telling you what to do. And if you guys can remember, we talked about a man. Can anybody tell me who we talked about last week that was a good example in the book of Acts as someone who received instructions from another person or a couple who was probably not as great of a, a person as he was? Who did we talk about? Jake. Apollos, right? He watered the seeds that Paul planted at the church at Corinth. Okay, And he was able to do that because Aquila and Priscilla stopped him and pulled him aside and showed him the way of God more perfectly. And he was a well-known preacher. He was a man of he was an eloquent speech. He was a well-known preacher and he didn't not allow these people to help him. He he had to humble himself to hear what these people had to say and then be willing to make a change. And that's what I want us to do. And so the first we we covered we got a list of 15 things. Last week we talked about how the immature person, we're going to call the, the carnal man, the immature person, the mature person, the spiritual man. Okay, 
I'm going to assume most of us are saved. If you're not saved, that's the first thing that's got to happen. You've got to get saved. But the carnal man, the immature person, cares only about themselves. They're self-willed in their decision-making. The mature person, he cares about people other than himself. Looks on the things of others. Jesus Christ died on the cross because He was selfless. Right? And we need to be selfless. Okay, The immature person is hasty in decision-making. Don't think about it too much. You don't ask for counsel and help. But the mature person is patient. They don't try to rush things. The immature person makes excuses. Right? Just like Adam and Eve. Remember? They pointed the finger at the other and then eventually at the serpent and they wouldn't take responsibility for their own actions. But the mature person will admit when they're wrong. And that's not easy. All these things that the mature person is doing are generally speaking difficult because it goes against the human will. So the mature person is going to admit when they messed up. Nobody wants to hear somebody make excuses. If somebody asks you, like for example, if you're at work, if I'm at work or something and I make a mistake on the job, my boss who's been doing this longer than I have will know probably before I did. And so a lot of times, like your parents, they're going to come and ask you what you did knowing what you did and that it was wrong. And they're going to see whether or not you're going to make an excuse for your actions, your misbehavior, or if you're just going to fess up and say, yeah, I messed up. And so the mature person is going to admit when they're wrong. The fourth thing, I think this is as far as we got last week. The immature person speaks their mind. And they're full of cursing and bitterness. Whereas the mature person thinks before they speak. They wisely spare their words. Okay, now this week we're going to start with um, number five. The immature person must be disciplined by someone more powerful than themselves. Whereas the mature person is self Disciplined. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. 1 Corinthians 9.27 But I keep my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And what I want to take away from this point is that mature, successful people are disciplined in their own mind. They don't need to be told all the rules everywhere they go because they have common sense and you generally know what's right and what's wrong, what's acceptable. But you have to learn to say no to yourself. And you have to want to be, if you want, you have to learn to say no to yourself if you want to be respected and considered by others to be mature. And I'm going to try to rush through these quickly because I really want to focus in on our last point for today. So the immature person, next point, number six, the immature person does what feels good. They yield to the flesh. Whereas the mature person does the right thing despite how it feels. They resist temptation. 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee youthful lusts. James 4.7 Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I think this point fits fits nicely with what we just talked about with self-discipline because weak, immature people act on how they feel. And they satisfy their flesh and they have no self-control. I'm sure you guys have seen that before or have demonstrated it yourselves. I've certainly done that plenty of times. And what you guys... 
what I want to kind of put as the application on this point is spending your money. Who here has a job, part-time at least? Brother David, okay. Okay. So you guys have a little bit of income. And you'd be careful how you spend your money. If you have to have all these things, I love that quote on the bulletin. It says, the, what does it say? The surest way to poverty is to pretend that you're rich. A lot of people do that. They got a lot of nice stuff. But you know what they don't have? Money. It's true. They got a car payment. They've got a phone bill. They've got a phone payment. Look, all that stuff adds up. And you, you see that when you get your income, when you guys get a job, at the end of the month, you don't have anything. Why? Because you're spending it. So how does this correlate to doing what feels good? Um, I like this quote. Mature people delay pleasure. There's a lot of good things that you guys can have and spend your money on. But you're going to have to wait. Okay, Don't go into debt in order to have a new car. That's just an easy example. Who would willingly say, I'm going to sign up to become a slave? I want someone to tell me how much money I'm going to pay them for, for the next five, seven, ten years and what kind of insurance I got to have. Look, that's what, that's what happens when you go into debt and you get a car payment. You become a slave. The borrower is servant to the lender. And so mature people delay pleasure. Okay? And I, I think that's a good application with the money there. How about being in a relationship? You know? Mature people delay pleasure. Okay, You guys flee fornication. That's what the Bible says. We've heard some good preaching on that recently. Um, but it shows great maturity on your part for delaying pleasure. Um, don't, don't be hasty. Don't rush into a relationship because the surest way to ruin your life is to go and have a child and not be married. You know, that's a lot of you. A lot of you know what that's like firsthand. And that's, I'm sorry about that, but we don't want that to be you. So mature people delay pleasure. Try to remember that. Okay, number seven. The immature person is dependent on their earthly father and mother, whereas a mature person, though for a time you're dependent on your mom and dad, they're dependent on their heavenly father. Genesis chapter 2, 23 and 24. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Jesus referenced that in Matthew 19 and Mark 10. In Matthew 6, you have the example of prayer by Jesus Christ, the Lord's Prayer. Right? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You guys got to realize everything you've got comes from God. Yeah. Ultimately. You know, and if God sees fit not to give you guys shelter, you're going you're gonna to realize you need Him. You need Him to provide for you. God provides our shelter. He provides our food, our daily bread. Um, if you guys ever get to the place where you really don't have anything, or you're about to lose everything, you know what you're going to do? You're going to look up, and you're going to realize that all you've got is from God. Okay? And you need God for everything from the clothes on your back to the air that you breathe. Lord, you're going to pray, Lord, I need to pay my electric bill. And I haven't been paid in weeks. I know people right now that are going through that kind of a thing. That's a scary thing. Not knowing how you're going to pay your bills. But you, 
And you're working, but there's certain things you can't control. And so the mature person is dependent on God. You guys got to have a real personal relationship right. with Jesus Christ. Right. So these things, you'll, you'll realize them because it's easy. It's easy to just call up mom and dad, isn't it? You should know that your parents were all, will always be there for you. Okay, If you've got good-willed parents, they're going to be more than willing to help you out when you're in a jam. But so is God, right? Yeah. Go to him first. Why couldn't we go to God first? You know what that takes? It takes some faith. You guys have to believe that God cares about you and God's going to provide for you. And he will. Because it takes a lot of faith to believe God will provide your needs when all of a sudden you need them. That's easy to say when we really don't need anything right now. When life is going good. When we are full. We have need of nothing. I mean, that's, that's the state of our country. So Jesus Christ and his humanity... He would depart from his followers into a mountain alone to pray, and he showed his dependence on the Father. And how much more should we, fallen man, depend on our Heavenly Father when the sinless man, Jesus Christ, did so as well? Number eight, the immature person pleases only him, well, I shouldn't say pleases, attempts to please only him whom he can see, performs eye service as men pleasers, whereas the mature person will please him who cannot be seen. They do the will of God from the heart. And that should be every single Christian in this room and across the world. Remember Galatians 1.10, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4, For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. Mature Christians know that ultimately God is watching what they are doing. They know that ultimately they will answer for God, answer to God for their deeds. That mindset will change how you work when your boss isn't around. It will change how you view your lost neighbors. Someone has got to tell them about Jesus Christ. And that person is you. The Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The desire and accomplishment of our Lord and Savior was to please the Father. And the Father was pleased in His life and in His death. Number nine, the immature person thinks in the here and now, whereas the mature person thinks long term. They plan for the unplanned. And that's hard to do. Because we know what we need right now, what we need tomorrow. But how about five years from now? Ten years from now? Think about it. I mean, we're, someday we're all going to be old like Brother David. We're going to have a family. You've got to plan for that stuff. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Proverbs 28, 22. And this kind of goes along with what we just talked about earlier. The mature person delays pleasure, but the immature person must have their good things now. Jesus Christ, what did He do? He endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. The physical agony upon His body and the wrath of God upon His soul did not stop Jesus from doing what He came here to do, to pay for our sins. He was thinking long term. Okay, number 10. The immature person does not want to be bossed around, but the mature person allows someone else to tell them what to do. That goes along with what we talked about last week. But I have a question. Who do you think you are? To not allow somebody to tell you what to do. 
Uh, we said this earlier, you always have someone that's more superior to you tell you what to do. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. We want to keep you guys from poverty and shame. That's Proverbs 13, 18. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Proverbs 15, uh, 32. Number 11. The immature person quits when things get tough and uncomfortable, but the mature person pushes through pain and difficulty to finish what they've started. Man, if you guys could get a hold of that. Yes, sir. I like what uh, Brother James said last week in Judges chapter 8, verse 4. He quoted this verse and talked about it. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him faint, yet pursuing them. That's going to be your whole life. You're going to be tired. You're going to be worn out. But you guys can't just quit. You can't just quit your job because you're frustrated. You can't just leave mom and dad because you got in an argument with them. That's so immature. Grow up. Right? Don't, don't be a quitter. 2 Timothy 4, 5-7 But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of the ministry, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I hope that you guys can all say that when you come to the end of your life. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Quitters are a disgrace. Period. You should be ashamed if you set out to do something and finish, but quit because the circumstances seemed too tough. They may not have been too tough, but it seemed that way. And you may not understand, but you guys, you can't quit. I guarantee there were many times, many times when Paul thought about throwing in the towel. But by God's grace, he stuck with it. Even our Savior. Remember, he besought the Father if there were any other way to take away sins, but he did not quit. He finished the job that only he could do. Having endured the cross and despising the shame, the Lord cried with a loud voice, It is finished! And I thought of this, um, this is kind of a side note, but Lauren's probably going to laugh. We were sitting in church last week, and the person sitting next to us was getting a little uncomfortable, and they took their shoes off. Don't take your shoes off in church, man. Just keep your shoes on. I mean, seriously. I was like, really? If I did that when I was growing up, my dad would smack me so hard. That would not happen. I, I just had to throw that in there, so... Keep your shoes on. Number 12. <laughs> Number 12. Okay, the immature person is unthankful. The mature person is thankful. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of them, their own selves, covetous, boasters, Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Unthankful people, from such turn away. Unthankful people are immature people. They are blinded to God's blessings and provision on every side because of a bad attitude or something that didn't go your way. A lot of times, men's pride and covetousness keeps them from being thankful for what you have. 
Unthankful people will make you more inclined to be unthankful. That's why the Lord said from such turn away. You know what else unthankful people are? They are unhappy people. I don't want to be unhappy. I want happiness that only comes from being grateful for what, for not only what I have, but for what I don't have. You don't want God to give you something that you can't handle. So I'm thankful for what I do and what I don't have, or at least I try to be. Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3, 17. Number 13. The immature person is always the victim, whereas the mature person, they ask for forgiveness when failing in any degree, large or small. 2 Corinthians 5, 17-19 says that God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God is in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Reconciliation is hard because it requires one party to humble him or herself before another party, whether you did anything wrong or not. Reconciliation cannot take place unless someone is mature enough to be willing to humble themselves and try to do what you can to make things right. So whether you're a preacher or not, if you're saved, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation to your parents, to your friends, to your siblings, eventually to your spouse. Which leads us into our next point. Number 14, the immature person holds grudges with the root of bitterness. Whereas the mature person forgives those that have done him wrong, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. That's Ephesians 4, verses 30 through 32. Now, go to Matthew 18. You guys can turn there and read with me this passage. Matthew chapter 18. Make sure it's in this chapter. And verse number 15. The immature person holds grudges, and the mature person is forgiving. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear thee, tell it to the, unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen and as a publican. Verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, I say it not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Okay, we need to be able to forgive those that have done us wrong. Because if you guys can't be willing to forgive someone that actually did hurt you, you're going to be hurt. Right. So... At, takes a load off of you. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 to 26. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So if you don't forgive the person that hurt your feelings or did you wrong, you're only going to hurt yourself because bitterness will creep into your heart. And every time you hear that person's name, you're going to turn sour. Yes, sir. Um, you don't want to mess with bitterness, okay? Because the Bible says that it will take root in your heart. It's going to grow. It's going to stay there. And there isn't one person more justified in withholding forgiveness from someone than the Lord Jesus. Amen. Yet in His great love wherewith He loved us, He is willing and ready to forgive. Okay, now this is our last point. 
I'm going to end with this, but I really want us to think about this because this is tough. This is really, really tough. The immature person, the carnal man, does not deserve ill treatment. Whereas the mature person, the spiritual man, is willing to suffer wrongfully. Take the wrong even though you may be right. And that's tough to do. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2. Verse number 17. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy of a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, suffer for doing well, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self Bear our sins and his body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So for a minute, let's take a look at the example Jesus Christ left us. We all know Jesus Christ suffered physically, horribly. And he took the wrath of God upon himself. But what I think is is so amazing is that he did it wrongfully. You know, I wanted you to turn to Mark 15 now. Go to Mark 15 and verse 1. I was reading this verse one day, and this kind of just it just kind of struck me that this this principle here of suffering wrongfully and how Jesus Christ did that. Mark 15, 1. Straightway in the morning. The chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. Jesus just let these hypocritical, unjust, sinful men take him. And he's in control, right? And you know, he let them do that. He didn't. We're going to get into that in just a second. Jesus did not have to be treated that way. Remember Matthew 26, 53? He said, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father and He shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? He could have done something about it. Jesus did not want to be treated that way. Luke 22, He said in verses 41 through 44, He was withdrawn from then about a stone's cast. And He kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 
You think Jesus Christ wanted to be treated the way that He was? No. And He did not deserve to be treated that way. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God, for He hath made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So Jesus Christ did not have to be treated that way, remember? He, did not, he didn't have to let those guys bind Him and take Him away and then go through what He went through. He didn't want to be treated that way, and He didn't deserve it. So what, what am I trying to say? Okay. Um, 1 Peter 2, um, back to that passage, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. All these character traits and things we're talking about the past two weeks is so that you guys can grow and be mature. Right? Mature Christians. Mature men and women. And one of the hardest things to do, you guys, do you want to follow Jesus? Simple question. Do you want to follow Jesus? Yeah. I want to follow Jesus. It takes some serious maturity to suffer wrongfully. When you let someone else who is not better than you, has no reason to take advantage of you, in fact, should not be putting you through whatever trial you've got. When you let them do what they will for your conscience toward God, for the love you have for someone else, for their benefit, not for yours, that's tough. And it takes some serious humility to let another person whom you might be better than take advantage of you. Because even though it's hard and it doesn't seem fair, and you may not understand, that's the right thing to do. Jesus did that to a degree beyond comparison and comprehension. And he left for us an example to follow. So do you want to follow Jesus? Do you really want to follow Jesus? I can tell you what you're going to have in your future is some times when you're going to have to take the blows for somebody else. And that's really, really tough. And that's really going to hurt your... I mean, you're going to think to yourself, why... You're just going to ask why. Why am I going through this? And you're going to rack your brain trying to figure out what you did, but there may not be any reason for it. God might even be trying to do that to try you, to try your faith. Um, but Jesus Christ did that. And if you're going to be followers of Him, you're going to have to learn to suffer wrongfully. When you don't have to be treated a certain way, you don't want to be treated this certain way, you don't deserve to be treated... Well, You know what? We all deserve to be treated wrongfully. We're all sinful. But at the same time, you're going to be, if you try your best to follow Christ and do right and obey your parents and take instruction and be mature and grow up, there's still going to be times when you're going to have to suffer wrongfully. And that's going to be really tough. And it's going to take a lot of humility. Okay? Those are the footsteps of Jesus. If you can let someone else mistreat you and you can take the higher ground by taking the lower place, you're well on your way to becoming a mature Christian. And I want to end with Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Remember Jesus Christ? Wherefore, God hath also highly exalted him. 
right? What did he have to do before he was highly exalted? He had to humble himself and take the lower place, the lowest place, and take the sin of the world upon himself. And he did all that. He didn't deserve that. And it was wrongful. But he did that because he loved us. He did it because it was the right thing to do and it was the only way to do it. I'm just telling you guys, you're going to have some times in your life when you're going to go through that. And look, what you decide to do is going to display what's in your heart. The mature or immature person that you are is going to come out at that point because it'd be real easy to just walk away from that situation and just quit. But that's not Christ-like. And that's not the right thing to do. That's not the mature thing to do. But I want you guys to think on these things and I hope, hope that you guys can grow. hope we all can grow from this. Be better. Become more like Christ. Let's pray.